Proverbs chapter number 8, look with me at verse number 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth, do I hate. I want you to notice one of those words listed uh, in that list. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Notice that next one, pride. As I was going through all of my outlines, I got to and think about tonight, I said to myself, how in the world have I gone more than 30 lessons and we haven't dealt with pride? Uh, it's, tonight we're going to deal, dealing with the proud tonight, and so I think this will help us. Father, thank you for your word, thank you for the word of God and how it helps us. May the spirit of God teach us tonight, instruct us Convict us where we need to be convicted. And, uh, Father, may uh, we deal with others wisely. May we deal with ourselves wisely. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If there is an individual that is a danger to himself and others, yet is treated as if there is no threat to our well-being or to their own well-being, it is the proud. Often lives are ruined, relationships are strained, and hearts are broken, and the blame is placed on everyone but the culprit. While we are quick to write off the fool, quick to write off the scorner, quick to write off the angry and discord sower, often we have more in common with them than we realize. One is not a scorner without pride. One is not foolish without giving place to pride. One does not sow discord without pride. Pride is the threat to every man. I want you to listen to me tonight. You may say, I, I'm not a scorner. The pride will take you there. Oh, My relationship with my family and all those around me is good, but pride will destroy them. Oh, I, I would never be a discord sower, but pride will make you one. Pride is the threat to every man. One's Christianity will be affected by pride. If I could illustrate it this way, there are things that we should stay away from because all it takes is one weak moment in our flesh. That's why we do have, and I don't think standards is a bad word, that's why we do have standards and we are have some separation. It's not because we're better than everybody, it's because we don't want to fall. We want to have a good testimony. But there's been just as many people destroyed because they thought that they were they it was they they could resist every temptation. That their own pride was not a threat to them. One's Christianity will be affected by pride. That's why I'm thankful uh, that the Lord has led me to preach this recent series on salvation, uh, the grace and mercy, because we need to be reminded. Uh, what we were before we were saved and what we are without Christ. The Bible tells us how to deal with pride and the proud. Sometimes the proud is someone else. Sometimes the proud is us. Regardless, the proud must be dealt with because the consequences are so severe. Now tonight, I'm going to give us six things about the, the proud man and where pride takes us. And so, uh, as I just mentioned, the proud, we know how to deal with the proud. That can be somebody else because we all have a pride problem. But it could be us too. So as we look at these truths, we can think of, wow, the, the, the proud, 
this is something that they could deal with, but we don't need to also look at it as this is something that I can be dealing with tonight, or if I'm not careful, it can be me. Because sometimes we will look at what somebody else it might be doing or is going through, and it's easy for us to cast a judgment and say, I would never. But oh, if pride is in our heart today, we're more vulnerable than we think. We're more vulnerable than we realize. And so uh, let's let the, the Bible say tonight help us. Let me give you a definition of pride. I think it's a pretty good one. Inordinate self-esteem and unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others. I'll read it again. I think we know what pride means, but let me read it again. Inordinate self-esteem and unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority and talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserved, and often in contempt of others. Now, just by that definition, there might be somebody who says, well, that eliminates me. Um, well, that might be a proud thing for you to think. Uh, we, we all have a tendency, and I'm going to show some areas that we don't always think about as being areas of pride that I know that every one of us has had an issue with in our life. And so uh, let's look at what the Bible says. We look at our text tonight, chapter 8, verse 13. Let's look at that again. I want us to see uh, the context here of the word pride. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now, the fear of the Lord is what we want. That's not a fear of trembling that is going to strike us down if we make a mistake. It's a reverence for who he is. It's a reverence for the wisdom he has. We've been talking a lot about wisdom in this study. We, we want his wisdom. We take his instruction so that we can have understanding. I live in fear of God because I'm in awe of who he is. And I know I'm unworthy to even speak his name. And so I, I, I follow his truths, and that's what a wise man does. He gets wisdom from God so that he knows how to live. If you come outside of that to say, I don't need to live in the fear of God, you're, what you're saying is, I'm not in awe of who he is. I'm on the same level as him. See, if you don't think you need God's book, you think you're God. If you want to make decisions outside and contrary to this book, you know what you're saying? I'm on equal plane with God. Well, Pastor, let me explain to you. What you're doing is saying, let me tell God that I, I've, I've reasoned it up here. And by the way, we all need from time to time for us to have a, say like this, a come to Jesus moment. And just because you reasoned it in your head don't mean it's right. Uh, the fear of the Lord is I'm in awe of who he is. What does he want to say? The fear of the Lord is what? It is... To hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Statement number one tonight, pride and a proper view of God cannot coexist. Pride and a proper view of God cannot coexist. But we need to be reminded from time to time, and when I say time to time, daily, who God really is. We're, his ways are so far above our ways. We, we are so, we, we are but dust. He's the creator, we're the creation. And to have a proper 
view of Him, you can't be full of yourself and have a proper view of God. So here, here tonight's going to help all of us if we'll, if we'll let it. If we find ourselves questioning God, something got to alert us in our mind. That's pride. If there's something where we read and we're going, I just don't like that, I don't agree with that. Okay, you may not understand it, but you better do it because he's God. All of us would be lying if we, we understood everything that this, the reasoning behind everything that's in this book. We don't. We just know that God is so much greater than us and out of fear of him because of the reverence of him, I know that I need to listen to him because I know he's, he's smarter than I am. He's wiser than I He is wisdom. And so if you and I are going to have a proper view of God, uh, our pride cannot coexist. And so, by the way, if we humble ourselves, well, we're going to have a better view of God. We're going to have a better relationship with God. And by the way, I'll get, I'm, get ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, if, if we don't humble ourselves, God has a way of humbling us. Uh, so that we have a proper view of him. One day all the naysayers and all of the blasphemers, oh, they're going to get a proper perspective one day. Because God is going to bring man down. And so pride in a proper view of God cannot exist. Number two, turn to chapter 11. Chapter number 11, just over a page or two, and we'll look at verse number two. Chapter 11, verse number two. When pride cometh, then cometh, what's that next word? Shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Statement number two, pride bringeth forth shame. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Pride bringeth forth shame. If you and I do not keep our pride in check, shame is coming. It's coming. If we get to a place, it, it's, you look at what's happening, you take it as a, as a, as a people in the United States of America. But nobody blessed as much as us. But oh, we're full of ourselves. And there's shame in what's going on in our country. Because we don't need God. You know, I, you know when our kids are in, a, in, a, in, our, in our Christian school, and you know, I would say to any, anybody and everybody that, that, that can hear me and would hear me, get your kids out of public school. Well, if you don't want to put them in a Christian school, it's better than for them to live at home and not know how to read and write to be in that mess. Um, that's a whole other subject there. But um, the pride. We don't need God in our education system. Well, look at what's going on. Look at the, look at the problems that is there. Pride bringeth forth shame. Let me, tell you, let me give you a couple of, 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 of points under that that help us understand that. Because the proud refuses instruction. You know why it brings shame? Because the proud refuse instruction. You know, there's mistakes you and I don't have to make if we just listen to somebody who maybe has already made that mistake or who knows better than we know. You know, there's mistakes that we all make that if we just listened to God, we wouldn't make them. Kids would, would not make the mistakes if they listened to their parents. Uh, young people would not make mistakes if they listen to that, listen to their pastor, or listen to their parents, or listen to those who have lived a little bit longer. We just won't receive instruction. It's it's part of the pride of man. 
You know, you and I, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody says, do this, and there's something inside of us that says, I don't want to. Okay, don't do that. Oh, I'm gonna. You know, you do the kids and you have the reverse psychology. You better not go in there and clean that room. I'll show you, Mom. I don't think that works, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, pride bringing forth shame because the proud refuses instruction. Christian, listen to me. If you refuse the instruction from God, there's shame's coming. It's inevitable. Nobody is exempt from it. So we must take the instruction and it will prevent the shame. Uh, we, we, the proud refuse instruction, but the, the proud also refuses correction. There's a lot of times we find ourselves being wrong because we refuse the instruction that somebody tried to give us. It may be the Word of God. It may be uh, the Spirit of God and His leading. It may be uh, the, uh, the, the, the counsel for, that, you, that you get from a kid to a child. It may be parents or it may be that, that, that aged Christian and the young Christian trying to give some instructions. I, I don't need that. I'm going to do it. And our pride... And you ever, you ever thought this? Man, I should have listened. I, I should have paid closer attention. You know what got us in that position? Pride. That's bad enough. But what is worse is when we make that mistake and we refuse the instruction or maybe even out of ignorance we made the mistake but we refused the correction. You know, what, you know what causes us to refuse correction? Pride. Well, there ain't nobody telling me what to do. That's pride. That's pride. You know, well, you, God gives us free will. We can make the decision, but there are consequences to it. And the Bible tells us, how many, you believe the Bible? You know, if God says it's going to happen. And there's a lot of shame that you and I could, could prevent in our own life if we didn't have pride that refused the instruction and then pride refuses the correction. So tonight, uh, however this applies in your life, don't refuse the inst instruction. And then if you, if, you're, if you make a mistake, don't refuse correction. Correction is not a, not a bad, it's not comfortable, but it's what God uses to get us right so we don't either continue in shame or cause more shame. Uh, pride bringeth forth shame. So let's not refuse instruction or correction. Number three. This is a good one. I could spend the rest of the Bible study on this one, and I'll, I'll spend a few minutes here. Proverbs 13 and verse number 10. Only, we know what that word only means? Without exception? Would that be a good definition? Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Statement number three, pride is the cause of contention. If there's contention, there's pride involved. Did you know there could be two people that have a difference of opinion and there could be still not be contention? But where contention comes in, somebody, there's either pride on one party or both parties. It's, we live in a day where you can't disagree. If you disagree, I must kill you. That's politically, sometimes that's spiritually. I mean, cornbread dressing, stuffing, maybe that one's legitimate, but 
You know, if you disagree with me, then you're just, you know, I don't know how many people in here. There's a good crowd tonight, but you know what? There's however many people there are in here, there's that many opinions. And those opinions are formed by the home you grew up in, by your, your experiences, what part of the country you grew up in, if it was a different country you grew up in. All these different experiences help formulate that opinion. And we all have different opinions. Now, when it comes to the Word of God, there's one opinion, and that's the only one that matters. But when there's contention between two people, there's pride involved. You know, there can be misunderstandings and no contention. Somebody can even wrong somebody else and not be contention. You know why? Because it's handled scripturally. I didn't mean to do that or I made a mistake because we're not infallible. We, We understand that? We make mistakes. That's why if, if you get upset at church because somebody offended you, everybody is human. Everybody makes mistakes. There doesn't have to be contention. You know, as a pastor and people, you're not always going to agree with every, every direction I take every decision that I make, but it doesn't have to be contentious. I'm not going to agree with everything that, you know, pastor to the conference here, we're going on vacation. I'm not going to agree with that. But there didn't have to be contention. Let me give us a, a few points on that. Everybody okay on this? So if there's contention, we can disagree. We not, now, if we disagree on the word of God, we need to hold our position. You know, I don't have to hit you over the head with the Bible, but I'm not going to agree with you. If you attack my Savior, I'm going to defend my Savior. Does this make sense? You attack my faith, I'm going to defend my faith. If you don't want me to defend my Savior, don't attack my Savior. That, that, That goes without saying, but I like saying that. But there doesn't have to be contention when there's disagreement. This is a good time of year for me to teach this because football season is in. And we didn't have to be contention on disagreements. There's only one number one. And anyway, think of this. Pride prevents submission. Every person in this room has somebody or somebodies they must submit to. And you know the world works better when we all submit who God tells us to submit to? And this goes against the the anti-God, anti-scriptural teaching of the day, but the Bible still says that the wife's supposed to submit to the husband. But husband, you're supposed to submit to God. The Bible does not teach that if the husband is going to take you away from the things of God, you're supposed to submit to that. No, you're supposed to submit to God. But the, the, the wife is supposed to submit to the husband. The children are supposed to submit to the parents. And one of the problems we have in our nation today is we have parents who are submitting to the kids. We have authority in society that is submitting to the younger generation. That's not the way it should be. If we submit ourselves to who God says we should submit ourselves, there's no contention. 
You know why there's many times there's contention in the home? Because the kids aren't submitting to the parents. There's not submission to God when it's supposed to be there. There's not submission in a relationship. What is it that keeps that submission from taking place? It's pride. Pride says, it doesn't matter what God says the order is. I don't want to do that. I don't want to submit. Therefore, there will always be contention because God has established an order. That's why if there's, if there's a, if a group wants to take over the direction of the church, the pastor should hold his ground because God has an order. And there's, that's just the way it is. But what, what, what we want today is we want the authority that God has set to submit. That's one example. Another example is in the home. The kids want sometimes, they're in rebellion, so they want the parents to submit to them, or the, the wife wants the husband to submit. Now, we all as an authority, we have our responsibility. And what we do, if we have that position of authority, parents, as you're the authority of your home, don't submit to your children. Well, I just want the contention. I can't tell you how many. And it's tragic stories. I'll use this as an example. It's, it's, I'm getting stuck here. I'm not sure why I'm getting stuck here, but... Through the years, my husband is just leaving the church or he's going somewhere else, this and that, and I know it's not what we're supposed to do, and, and, and I don't want to do it. I'm just, I'm just tired of the contention. I'm tired of the... And you give in, and what happens? Shame. Tragedy. Because we have to... So if there's contention in your home, who's not submitting? That... that this woman thou givest me. That probably sounds familiar. Okay. Husband. Father. Head of house. Are we submitting to our authority? God. See, it all, contention comes from, it's, it, it's a submission, so it's the cause of contention. Uh, if we would submit there'd be less contention. Okay, I'm going to move off of that one. Everybody ready? Not off of this whole point, but just that submission part. Another thought when it comes to pride is the cause of contention. Pride elevates one's opinion higher than it should be. There's nothing, it's not so sad, there's nothing more hilarious than a 13-year-old so sure that what they are saying is the absolute truth. I've lived 13 years. I know what I'm saying is true. You know what I'm talking about? You, this is what, no, well, pride elevates our opinion higher than it should be. Here's an easy one for us. If the Bible says, plain as can be, thou shall, thou shall not, avoid, whatever, however you want to apply it. We say, well, I'm just not sure I agree with that. You're probably, when I say probably, definitely, elevating your opinion higher than it should be. There's authority in, 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 in the classroom. You have a teacher who has taught a subject for 
longer than this student has been alive? I know this is the right answer. Now, they're still human. I mean, I had to correct Mrs. Nelson all the time in, in algebra. But that's, that's a whole other story. But there, it was very contentious in that, in that class, I'll tell you. The pride elevates one's opinion higher than it should be. Um, you know, we have a good, we have a, we have, we're all good at making ourselves look really dumb. I'm, I'm trying to encourage you tonight. I just know, I just know. And then it's like, well, you might want to look at this. Oh, well, I misunderstood. Well, that's the whole point. We misunderstand. We don't always get it right. We think we heard something that we didn't hear. We think we saw something we didn't see. We read something differently than, we remember something differently than when we first read it. Or there's, 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 we don't see the whole side of the whole picture. And so we elevate our opinion higher than it should be. At any time, it's on the same level as God's. There's people who give an opinion about what the Bible says. You probably think a little bit too much of yourself. God's word is not even worth, we're not even worthy to give an opinion on what God has stated. So it elevates one's opinion higher than it should be. Okay, we continue. Pride, there's, and so there's contention there. That pride brings about contention. Pride refuses to admit when it is wrong. So there's contention. Well, it's just a big misunderstanding. You can have misunderstandings and it not be contentious. But sometimes for that to happen, we have to put our pride down because pride says there's no, refuses to admit when it is wrong. Uh, we, none of, nobody in, if you're perfect, will you raise your hand? I was waiting to see who. Becky Powell, put your hand down. I knew it. Nobody in here is perfect. So, I mean, everybody in here is wrong from time to time? So, when you're wrong, what we should do? Man, I messed up. There's been many times when the Holy Spirit has pressed upon my heart just like he has yours. You know, you're, you're wrong. In both times that happened in my life, pride refuses the possibility. Not only does pride refuse to admit it's wrong, here's a good one. Pride refuses the possibility we may be wrong. There's no way I'm wrong. Who are you trying to convince? Yourself or me? All of us, whenever there's a... This will help marriages. This will help parent-child relationships. This will help friend relationships. This will help workplace relationships. We must always... The only time we don't have to consider we're wrong is when we're quoting God. Because He's right. But we all have to consider the possibility. I know it might be this big, but there is a possibility that we may be wrong. You know, that when there is a disagreement and there is a misunderstanding, and, and, and I think this will help all of us, God never expects us to go through life with the people we love and we care, we go to church with, that we work with, where there never to be a disagreement. 
There never to be misunderstanding. So when there's a disagreement and there's a misunderstanding, you shouldn't make an enemy out of that. What creates the contention is pride. And so it would help all of us to think, well, this is what I am pretty certain is true, but there is a possibility that I might be wrong. But you know, we live in a day where it's like, we'd rather be, I'm right, than actually be right. We would rather burn a bridge because I know that I'm right and I'm not going to entertain the possibility that, that I'm wrong or anything like that. And so I'd rather be right. Man, wouldn't it be great if we would just rather keep it from being contentious? What keeps it from being that way? Pride. Number four, chapter 14, verse 3. This is a lot better than you're all letting on. Chapter 14, verse 3. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Statement number four, pride makes one foolish as is revealed by his lips. Let me put it another way. The self-sufficiency in the heart of the proud is revealed by the lips. Pride makes one foolish as is revealed by his lips. Let me say it even simpler. If you got pride in your heart, eventually it will come out your mouth. That's why the book of James reminds us, if the will of God be so. Lord willing, we're going to do this. How often we're with pride and we, say, we don't think anything of it. Well, next year I'm going to, well, if the Lord's willing. And many times we try to do even the right thing. Bless God, this is what's going to happen. Well, if the Lord is willing. It is our pride eventually is going to be revealed. That's why earlier I, I, in the introduction I talked about we're not, as, we're not as far distant from the fool as we think we are. Because pride is what gets a fool in trouble. And the Bible is teaching us that if we harbor pride in our heart, eventually it's going to reveal itself. So we must be careful with that pride because it eventually is going to reveal itself. Number 5, chapter 16 and verse number 18. I'm almost done. Chapter 16 and verse number 18. Chapter 16, verse 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Very simply put, number five, pride brings destru destruction. Why does pride bring destruction? Because pride refuses instruction. Pride refuses correction. Pride creates contention. With all of that, pride is going to lead to Destruction. If God, the book of God's word tells us that if we go a certain pathway, go a certain direction, there's destruction there. Why are we surprised when we arrive at that destination? Because that's what pride brings us. It's saying, I don't need my parents, I don't need a pastor. I don't need the Bible. What we're saying is I don't need God. And we need to be reminded is God doesn't write his instruction in the sky. God wrote it in his word. God knew we would need, children would need parents, so he gives us parents. 
He puts all these things in our life to guide us and direct us. And pride is one who says, I don't need that, and destruction is going to come about. Pride brings destruction. Number six, last one, chapter 29 and verse number 23. Chapter 29 and verse number 23. Chapter 29, verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Well, think about that, that first phrase, that first sentence. Get a visual of it. A man's pride, his elevated view of himself. He rides way up here. A man's pride is actually going to be what brings him low. Number six, pride prevents one from being elevated. You know, you... you Every parent, I assume you want to be a good parent. You want your kids one day to look back and say, you know, I had good parents. I think every parent would want that. You know how you can have that? Get your pride out of the way. And realize, I don't, I thought I knew what I needed. I thought I knew how I could do this, but I can't do it without God. I can't do it without instruction. I can't do it without the Spirit's leading. I can't do it without any of those. I have to have that. You bring yourself low, and then God gives you honor. It's, it's that, that way in our, our Christian life. When you elevate yourself, God will bring you low. Because we have to be brought low for Him to really use us. We, he has to do things in our life to bring us to a low point. Because God doesn't want any Christian to think they're self-sufficient. And you know what a Christian says when they say, I don't need church. They're saying, I can do it on my own. Let me tell you, I've been saved since I was a child. I've been in the ministry more than 25 years. I've been a pastor for more than 10 years. I need church. It's amazing when I encounter people who's like, I, I'm fine without church. You're a much better Christian than I am because I need church. It's pride that says I don't really need it. Well, I, I, need, I, need, I need God's people. I need help. I need, I need people around me. I need people praying for me. I've spent... 20 hours in the Word this week, and I've spent much time in prayer. I don't need anybody praying for me because I spend so much time in prayer. Well, that ain't me. I mean, I do read my Bible and pray, but you get the point I'm saying. I, I need people to pray for me. And can I just go ahead and assume you do too? And pride will bring, uh, will elevate us and when we elevate ourselves, God will bring us low. And when you humble yourself, God will elevate you. Now, let me just help all of us. Well, I'm going to humble myself so I can be elevated. That, that's probably still got a little pride in that. But we get to the place that we are nothing without God. We can do nothing without God. And every once in a while, God reminds us. And, and I just I, I said this years ago, and I think it still applies. I think there's a lot of good in the midst of all of the bad that's going on in our country right now. 
in, in, in the, in the, I know the inflation is a real thing, and they see the, 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 the things that are going on in our nation are, are, is affecting everybody. But I see a cycle coming back that we need to prevent ourselves from. We have to have God. We have to have Him, and it's true in each and every life in here. And to, to young adults who, who one day want to have a family, or you young couples that you're still in that honeymoon stage, life is going to bring you some things that's going to bring you down. That's not so you can give up. That's so you can look up. And when you're low and, you, and you're humble and you say, I don't have the answers. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to make it without God. God says, well, let me just bring you along. Because then we're depending completely on him. So when you humble yourself, God will elevate you. But if you elevate yourself, God will bring you low. It's amazing when God elevates you. Okay, this is... This will take away the, from the charismatic movement and all that. When God elevates you, it's God that gets the glory. Man, look at that. He just bought him a $60 mansion. God, God's elevating him. No, that's, that's probably not going to happen. But look at what God's doing in that person's life. Look at how God got them through. It brings us back down to our knees and say, God, I don't know how I got through that. I don't know how. I don't know how, I don't know how. Boy, it, it, he gets the glory. Let me close with this. I think it's a good way to summarize all this. Pride must be dealt with. This is a good Bible study for us because it's, it's good for us to recognize it in other people. What I mean by that, if there's contention in your home, it's, there's, you can recognize it in your children. You can recognize it. In, but we ought to be able to recognize it in ourselves. This is a good Bible study, not for us to go around and say, ooh, we have to look at, recognize it in ourselves. Let me say, pride must be dealt with. You must deal with your pride. I must deal with my pride. I probably should have phrased that differently. We must, pride must be dealt with in our own life, so that's not us going around dealing with everybody else's pride. Think with me about this. Remember at the beginning when I, when I mentioned the scorner, the fool, the discord sower, and how a lot of times it's easy to put an X on them as the culprit, but really it's pride because you can't find a scorner without pride. You can't find a fool without pride. You can't find any of those things without pride. With that in mind, consider pride like a carcinogen the carcinogen is not cancer but it leads to cancer pride is not scorning but it leads to scorning just as cancer is the result of the carcinogen the destruction of a fool is the result of pride not dealt with so there are things that if we don't want the disease we should avoid because there's some proven things that this causes cancer. This causes whatever. And so the wise thing should be, I'm going to stay away from that so that I don't get that, or at least I reduce the chances. So we got to look at pride the same way. We look at pride because we have pride. Well, I know that I'm a little proud, but it's not as bad as that scorner 
That's where the scorner started. They had pride that said, you know what? I don't have to listen to that parent. I don't have to listen to the pastor. I don't have to listen to the Bible. Matter of fact, I can make fun of it now. I can question it. That all started with pride, folding of the oranges. Well, I don't think I agree with that. That's where it started. So if we don't want to be a scorner, what should we stay away from? Pride. If we don't want to be that fool who's just going about their way and there's the warnings coming, oh, I just want to enjoy life for now. Or they may not be a scorner, but they're not be taking the instructions seriously. And then they end up at the result of where fools end up. And they're like, how did I get here? You shouldn't have had too much pride to listen to the people God put in your life. How, how, does, how, does, how do we all get to those? So what should we fear? It's too late if we see the scorning in our life. We should have dealt with the pride. It's too late when we are sowing discord in every relationship and or we're just like, I don't want to listen. I want to just live like a fool. It starts when it's like, does my, 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 the authorities God's given me, they don't really know what they're, 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 they're doing. There's pride there. We have to deal with our own pride. In this room tonight, there is incredible potential for God. I threw a curveball at you there, didn't I? This room, the people in this room could turn this city upside down for God. You may not believe it, but it's true. There's potential for that. There might be a young man in this room that one day God's going to put in a city God's going to send to another nation and literally a city turned to God. That potential's in this room. And the goals that we've set as a church, and I'm the ones who go in one ear and out the other, we have potential to do something great for God. Everybody in here can pray, can't they? Could you imagine what God could do with all the prayers? of the people of this room, the potential that is there. But there's also potential for pride. I can call the name of some churches that at one time were examples of what a New Testament church should be. Say, what, what, what derailed them? What has derailed every church who's ever fallen by the wayside? Pride. Be very wistful. We must be, I'm thankful. You may not understand this. You may not agree with me. I haven't always liked it, but I can say this with a pure heart and a clear conscience. Since I became pastor, I'm thankful for the journey. That God has put us on. Because it has been impossible for us. Not impossible. It's been harder. 
for us as a people to ever get full of pride. Hey, every problem you have in your life, don't look at God and say, God, why is this unfair? God may be keeping you low so that pride doesn't swell up. One of the worst things that's happened to us as a society is social media. Because it becomes all about how many likes, how many likes, how many likes. Well, if I do this, then I'm going to get more likes. If I do this, I'm going to get, I got, it's, there's only one way to get more likes is to appeal to some people that you shouldn't care about their likes. And if you're a generation, you don't know what I'm talking about. Just stay with me. It's hurt us. Why? Because we get full of pride. Because there's not a whole lot in here that this world likes. So sometimes we look at what God is doing in our life and we say, God, why are you doing this? And God is molding us and making us and keeping us humble. Because pride will destroy us. I can say this truthfully, and I don't think it can be challenged. There's more preachers who have fallen out of the ministry over pride. See, how can you say that? Because every preacher who's ever fallen out of the ministry is because of pride. There's more people who've left good churches like this church over pride. Well, I was wrong. Well, get over yourself. And get it right. Well, that just went over really well there, didn't it? It's the truth. If, if God brought you to a church like this, a misunderstanding or a disagreement is, shouldn't be the reason why you leave. If we're going to be Christ-like, we shouldn't let our pride get in the way. We can disagree. We can have misunderstandings. We can have disagreements. But it doesn't have to be contentious. It's football season. We can joke about each other's teams. But it doesn't have to be contentious. Some people you can't. You know, it's like recruit better. I can't, I can't help you with that, you know. I just, I, let's get a little, let's get, get pride out of the way. And realize that we're not the most important thing. Christ is the most important thing. I hope this helps us tonight. Father, help us tonight as we consider.